What is up, y'all? At FF Tyler O, coming at you with my week one RB ranks. Mine, along with the rest of JWB's weekly ranks, can be found in the description below. My weekly ranks finished 20th of 162 during the course of the 2022 season. Looking to improve on that in 2023. Thanks for coming along for the ride. I'm recording this on a Saturday morning, um, so my ranks are obviously going to change. They're subject, subject to change once we get news, updates. Ranks will always be updated a few hours before game time on Sunday. Usually two hours before game time, I'm working tirelessly on those ranks to make sure that I'm getting you the most up-to-date ranks and the best ranks that we can provide. Enough of the fluff. It is time to jump into my top 24 running backs for week one. Number 24 is Najee Harris. This rank really comes down to my lack of faith in Najee as an efficient runner. And it's an extremely tough matchup. The 49ers were an absolute elite defense last season and look to continue their dominance in 2023. Vegas has this game total at 41.5 with only 19.5 points going to the Steelers here. The projectable volume for Najee keeps him on the fringe of RB2 rankings, but it is a bad matchup. Likely some low score, and there's some also fear of Jalen Warren, who's looked a little bit more explosive, um, you know, taking some work and taking some upside from Najee in this game. Najee's still going to see 15 to 18 touches to keep him in play, to keep him in your lineups. Um, I'm seven spots lower than Najee right now, though I think that's really reflected in my lack of faith of him as a runner, the tough matchup, and some belief in Jalen Warren looking a little bit better. The upside is seriously capped here. I've been off in Najee off season, all season, but still, RB24, he's playable, but he's just not a guy that I'm riding. RB23 is going to be David Montgomery who already played um, and will likely finish above this mark. Um, but I expected to see a little bit more Gibbs in this one and a little less Monty, if I'm being completely honest here. But I don't feel bad about this rank. Um, 21 rushes is absolutely great to see from Montgomery. Like, that is elite volume. Uh, but only 74 yards and averaging 3.5 yards per carry with a long run of eight of all 21 of those touches is not good. I think the most concerning thing about Montgomery here is that it was just zero targets and the non-involvement in the pass game. You know, Monty's going to be touchdown dependent, but luckily for Monty, he scored a touchdown in week one. But in those weeks that Monty does not score a touchdown, this is probably going to be the range in which he finishes. So I don't feel bad about the 23. I might move him up just a little bit going forward just because I expect the Lions offense to be good. But again, no involvement in the pass game is a bad sign. Number 22 is Damian Pierce. I'm right in line with ECR here at 2022. There are some serious questions around usage generally on how this Texans offense is going to look in general. I'm just really not too sure they're going to be very good. You know, they also have an awful matchup. Um, Ravens run defense is good. They are elite. And Vegas is favoring the Ravens by nine points. This means the Texans are going to be trailing probably in the majority of this game. And I don't really know exactly what that means for Damian Pierce. Uh, I'm just uncertain of Damian Pierce's role in the past game. Um, in addition to adding Singletary, I just, I'm just uneasy. I don't know what to think about Pierce as this is just a bad matchup. And they're going to be down by a lot, so they shouldn't be running that much. Singletary exists. Um, there's just things working against Damian Pierce, I think, in this one. It's just not a week when I'm expecting that much from Damian Pierce. You know, again, there's projectable volume here, much like Najee. You're starting him. If you, wherever you drafted him, you're definitely starting him. But he's my RB22. Um, seeing five or six targets in this game, like if Pierce's involvement in the past game really looks positive, you know, I'll definitely be ranking Pierce a bit higher here. But again, I'm just uncertain with what that is going to look like and how this running back room is going to shake out. So that reflects the rank of running back 22. 
Coming in at 21 is Miles Sanders. I'm a few spots below ECR here, but this really has to do with uh, the other guys on this list more so than Miles Sanders. Uh, but to comment on him, um, the Panthers implied total here is just 18 points and over under this game is 39 and a half. Folks, that's not great. Sanders missed some time with a groin injury as of recent, and there's some talk about splitting reps with other running backs. Um, don't get it twisted. I, I think Sanders is the lead back here. I think he's going to be good. I'm just not in on it this week, and I don't think the output will be great, reflecting RB21. RB20, Rashad White. The bottom line is there, I think we see a bit of Sean Tucker in this one. I'd love to see some Sean Tucker in this one, a little bit of bias coming in here. But truthfully, the Vikings are much more exploitable uh, through the air than they are on the ground. I really think that you know Mayfield, Godwin, and or Evans are going to surprise some folks in this one. Um, I believe that teams are going to find more success passing on the Vikings this year than running the ball. Obviously, Rashad White's going to have some involvement in the pass game, but I don't think it's going to be enough to where we really want to boost him too much. And Rashad White, frankly, if you look at some underlying metrics from 2022, like they just weren't great. Um, there were some rookies that the Vikings drafted that they were expecting, like in, I believe round one, two, three, where they were expecting to contribute in the secondary. And it doesn't look like they're starting. So it's just the Vikings pass defense is looking exploitable. I know people are down on Mayfield. I know people down on Evans and Godwin, but I think, again, that they'll surprise some people, and Rashad White's not going to be this uh, bell cow or have the success that people think he's going to have this week. So he is my RB20. RB19, we got Cam Akers. This really comes down to me not seeing another path for the Rams to move the ball than Cam Akers with Cooper Cup out. Um, Seahawks run defense allowed the 26 most yards last season, and the Rams offensive line is somewhat improved. Uh, it, it's a volume play here. I think this is just like that range where I talk about running backs being a volume play. Um, but there is a 46 and a half implied total. So there's going to be some points scored in this one. Akers should see 16 to 18 touches in this one. And depending on how involved Kyron Williams is in the past game, um, Akers could actually go well above this number. Um, and the end of the day, it's, it's an unexciting bet on volume. Um, that's basically what Akers has been all off season, but the Seahawks should be able to move the ball because the Rams defense is bad and the Rams are going to be forced to keep up like sure they can pass the ball but who are they passing the ball to like maybe Tyler Higby so I just see Akers as kind of being a unexciting unfortunate focal point of this offense on Sunday 18 is going to be James Conner the real question comes down to how long James Conner can hold up this year because the Cardinals are sporting one of the worst quarterback rooms I've ever seen to start the season I'm a bit ahead of consensus on Conner this week um, but I think that really just reflects his status as a bell cow, not on the ground, but also as a pass catcher. The Cardinals have shown a lot of willingness to throw the ball to James Conner. This game isn't going to be pretty, but I think Conner is going to get a lot of touches in this one. And I'm a bit ahead of consensus on this one. James Conner, RB18. At 17, nine spots ahead of consensus is going to be Raheem Mostert. RB17 on the week, easily my boldest call at running back. First off, this is probably the most fruitful fantasy matchup on the slate coming in at a 51-point implied total. Best total on the week outside of Thursday Night Football. Lots of points scored. Points are good for fantasy football. Secondly, Jeff Wilson's on IR. And third, the only other running back of note on the roster is going to be the undersized rookie, a chain, who's also coming off a shoulder injury. This really just... Turns into a spot where I believe Mostert has, a, has an opportunity to get a lot of touches. And then there's another point here to make is that the Chargers last year uh, were an absolute run funnel. What does that mean? Um, first off, the Chargers finished 2022 with a 32nd dead last in yards allowed per carry. That means when you're playing the Chargers as an offense, you want to 
basically run the football. You want to funnel the football through the run because the pass is just not working out. You have to run the ball. The path of least resistance to moving the ball against the Chargers last year was running the football. Things change, but that's all the data we have. So basically what I'm saying here is Mostert is in a spot to get a lot of touches in the spot where he is in a pretty soft matchup. So Mostert for me is well above the ECR here. I like him a lot. There's a lot of players that I would start him over clearly. Running back 16 is Kenneth Walker. Um, you know, watch for the groin injury status here. I think this rank reflects the risk with that injury. But the Seahawks get 26 employed to, uh, implied total at six-point favorites. Seahawks should be up versus the Rams, and the Rams have an awful defense. Um, they could easily just, the Seahawks could easily just decide to run this one in the ground. Um, I've been a staunch proponent of Walker over Charbonnet all offseason. We really need to monitor um, Walker's groin injury here. Um, but he can easily move up a few spots if he's active um, and he's not in any sort of snap count. Um, we know what a, how big of a dog Walker is, and he can break a long run at any time. RB15, all signs point to improved Ravens offense, playing more efficient and faster under offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. All signs also point towards a healthy J.K. Dobbins, who we know he has the juice if he's 100%. Um, in the end of the day, the Ravens are also a nine-point favorite. I mentioned that last time. And when you're a nine-point favorite, it means you're going to be up by a bit and you're going to want to run the ball and milk the clock. Texans were a bottom five run defense last year, and they could improve on that, sure. But in the end of the day, I don't think the Texans are going to be much of uh, you know, much of a good defense against the run. Uh, much of a good defense at all, frankly, if I'm being honest. So this just doesn't the Texans defense does not scare me. Um, you know, this is a smash spot for J.K. Dobbins. Um, his ceiling is even higher than RB15. I'm just playing this one cautiously as he's coming off of injury and you don't know exactly what this one's going to look like. There's also some fear, in my opinion, that the Ravens go up by so much that we end up seeing a bit more Justice Hill or we end up seeing a bit um, more Gus Edwards. So ceiling's much higher than 15, but I feel good about the rank considering those circumstances I just laid out. Number 14 came in, <laughs> it is, is Jamar Gibbs. Um, this is an L, obviously. His usage was much lower than anticipated, but frankly, I don't feel bad about it. Gibbs looked electric. Uh, 42 rush yards, but 34 of those rush yards came after contact. Uh, 4.9 yards per carry after contact and six uh, missed uh, forced missed tackles. Data there, courtesy of PFF. So those are all pretty elite things. We absolutely love to see it. If you watched the game at all, you saw as soon as Gibbs got the ball, he was electric with it. Dan Campbell even mentioned he wanted to ease him in. It was his first NFL game after all. Um, wheels are still up on Gibbs. Uh, if a league mate is panicking, um, go buy Gibbs for literally any of the running backs that I just mentioned. So big on Gibbs. I was wrong this week on the rank, but again, I don't feel bad about it because he's that dude. 13 is Alexander Madison. Vikings haven't signed anyone to contend with Madison, and it looks like he's about to be a workhorse. He's going to take as much as his legs can take here, and it's a cake-ass matchup. Um, Bucks aren't good, and the Vikings are five-point favorites. Obviously, got to take things with a grain of salt, but the Bucks were much easier to attack on the ground last year than they were the run. I'm sorry, than they were the pass. Vikings can easily get theirs um, through the air, which when you have Justin Jefferson, you certainly are going to get yours through the air. But I expect Madison to be involved early and often in this one. I am a few spots ahead of ECR in this one, but currently um, have zero regrets about that. Um, Madison is a fringe RB1 this week. Um, 12, um, now we get into the kind of RB1 range. So top 12 running backs. At 12 comes in Aaron Jones. Christian Watson is out. Um, there are zero proven weapons on this offense for Jordan Love to turn to, but Aaron Jones, he could easily be the leading wide receiver here. Maybe not in targets, but certainly in yards. Uh, both teams have the question marks on how well they're going to be and how they're going to move the ball. 
Um, Bears are just a one-point favorite, so pretty much like a pick them and split here. Um, this one's pretty simple for me. The Packers' offense, no matter how good or bad they are, should revolve around Aaron Jones, at least this week with Christian Rodson out nursing that hamstring injury. Why did, uh, running back 11, Ramondre Stevenson. Tough matchup here, but we know the path of least resistance for the Eagles has historically been on the ground. There's some risk of Zeke playing the role of Vulture, but Ramondre's ADP has propped up um, you know, the hopes and dreams of him replicating his work in the past game. The Pats really don't have much to speak of in terms of offensive weapons. I truly don't believe there's a single player on the Pats starting roster on offense that can run below 4-6. Either way, Ramondre is in a spot to see some serious work through the air once again, and this is reflected in his RB11 rank. RB10 is Travis Etienne. The Jags are five-point favorite, and I really think Anthony Richardson could struggle in this one, and the Jags could win pretty easily. If that's the case, they could easily just grind this one out with Etienne. Colts' run defense is actually a little bit underrated, in my opinion, and um, as I kind of like was typing out my notes here, I think I might have Etienne a little too high, so I might adjust that, but we know what he's capable of, uh, and while I do believe in Tank Bigsby, he is likely more to be a factor later in the season than in week one. I don't think Tank Bigsby is a much of a threat to take work early on. Etienne's a fringe RB1, betting on talent in the situation here, putting Etienne at RB10. RB9 is Josh Jacobs. Tough matchup for the Raiders um, as they're three-point underdogs to the Broncos. Jacobs um, is still going to get his as reflected by his RB9 rank, but I have serious concerns for the Raiders as a whole with their only weapons really being Jacobs and Devontae Adams, and Devontae Adams has a date with Sertain, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Again, DA is probably going to find we're not sitting DA. But again, that would leave the Broncos with a little bit more um, manpower to try to stop the run and stop Jacobs. Um, Jacobs will be fine, folks, but RB9 it feels right given the situation and the matchup. RB8 is Joe Mixon. Only one spot had at ECR. Looks like the folks are finally catching up with how much of a fantasy stud Mixon will be this year. The 47.5 implied total tells us this is expected to be a very nice game environment for fantasy points, which is no surprise when you look at the weapons on each side of the ball. Uh, Brown's defense was absolutely ass last year. 26th in yards allowed per carry and 30th DVOA. Mixon is a bell cow, and the Bengals likely will have a much easier time running than passing. In fact, Burrow is 1-4 all-time versus the Browns. We aren't advocating for benching Burrow or the pass catchers. I'm simply just stating that the matchup um, and the Bengals being a three-point favorite is best suited for this to be a good Mixon game. RB7 is the king, the big dog, Derrick Henry. We're getting into the range where I really don't need to state my case. These are studs. We're starting them every week. They're good. My issue here is that um, this is a relatively low total, 41 and a half. The Saints have a pretty tough defense. Henry's one year older. Tajay Spears is looking good. And most importantly, I think the Titans offensive line is seriously downgraded since what we've seen in the years past. Um, Derrick Henry is a weekly RB1. If he's healthy, you start him. He's a smash. But I think there's just, just enough flags as I laid out here that we need to start paying attention. And that's why he's my RB7. RB6, Saquon Barkley, Cowboys Sport, one of the best defenses in the NFL, but Saquon is easily the Giants' best weapons. He's a threat on the ground and in the pass game. If Waller misses time with the hammy, he's questionable right now. He can move up one or two spots, but it's Saquon. Uh, better matchups will shoot him up in the top five, but I'm being a little more conservative here at six with Saquon. Five is going to be Nick Chubb. Um, comes in at five, two spots below consensus. Um, the reason for that is the Bengals lost both starting safeties this offseason, and I think are going to be very exploitable this year against the pass. With those two safeties last year, so with those safeties last year in 2022, the Bengals were 29th in pass yards allowed, so they're already pretty bad against the pass. They're going to be even worse. So I just really think the path of least resistance 
when it comes to playing against the Bengals is going to be the pass. I'm expecting a little bit more from Watson and the pass catchers in this game. Like Chubb's still my RB5, folks. Like I still expect him to be an elite RB1, but this isn't one of those games where I'm necessarily thinking that he has an RB1 overall ceiling as I expect the pass game to be leaned on a bit more from the Brown side of the football. Um, Bijan comes in at four. You could easily, um, I could easily eat Crow here um, just like I did with Gibbs. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not triple condom in fantasy football. While the game is expected to be low scoring, the Falcons are a three and a half point favorite, and I'm really not that high on the Panthers defense as a whole. Bijan is one of the best running back prospects we've seen in this decade. The only thing holding Bijan back here would be head coach Arthur Smith. I'm just betting on talent here and for Smith to do the right thing. Again, I could come back and, and eat my words just like with the rookie Gibbs. Is they could eat, you know, ease Bijan in, but I'm at consensus with Bijan. I'm comfortable with it. Number three is Pollard. Um, he comes in at three, two spots ahead of consensus. The Giants' run defense was dead last in DVOA last year in 31st in allowed per carry. Again, last year, take it with a grain of salt, but the Giants' run defense is not good. Cowboys have almost a 25-point implied total, and Pollard is behind a great offensive line. Everyone is expecting big things from Pollard all offseason. Week one is no different, especially in a good matchup. He's my RB3. RB2, Austin Eckler, as stated with Mostert, um, 51-point implied total in this one. This is going to be one of the most fruitful fantasy grounds for fantasy points in week one. I got Eckler projected for five catches, most of any RB um, on this entire slate. And we know that the Chargers offense generally revolves around Eckler. Chargers should be playing even more efficient and faster with new OC Kellen Moore. Eckler's in a spot to be the RB1 overall as the season comes to an end. And we close things out here, folks. RB1 overall, CMC, making the case for CMC, RB over, RB1 overall this week. Shouldn't need to be done. Steelers got a filthy pass rush, and getting that ball out quick is going to be key for the 49ers and pretty success in this one. That signals some dump-offs to CMC, and he's one of the best RBs in the league with a ball in his hands. That does it for my top 24 RB ranks for week one. Please be sure to check out the description for all our other ranks. Again, these ranks will undoubtedly be updated. I am working tirelessly on my ranks two hours before game time lock, 1 p.m. EST. So check back for updates. Also feel free to check out the JWB Discord. If you want to connect, follow me on Twitter, at FFTylerO. I'll try to get to you as much as possible. Run pure, my friends.